Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. They were in deep. They couldn't stop the Colts. The big f***ers here? Yeah. You want to just host the podcast? Holy Tom Brady doesn't win. Everybody's going to go, you're still awesome. You're going to go. What a Hey, you, Tampa Bay. Holy balls, Batman. It's What the f*** Happened podcast, and I'm going to critique the out of that one. Pete, shut up. Just points. one more time. F*** you, Pete. I really am impressed that you're able to hold it together for two hours every morning. Although, according to a report that emerged yesterday, swearing is a sign of intelligence, and it helps manage pain and more. So... Christopher, you're ahead of the game. I can believe I that. I know that I feel better. Yeah. I feel better right. when I drop an F-bomb. If I get mad yep. and I let it fly, I feel better on the other side. I hear you. I, I'm, I'm big into that. Uh, my, I, I let my words, you know, just come out to express myself or take pressure off the situation, whatever. And I can understand the pain management thing, too, because I, I, I don't know. If you, like, bang your, you know, your knee on the table, right? I don't know. I feel a lot better when I go, oh, you mother effer, damn, oh, that effing killed mother. Yeah, I feel better. It helps me with the pain management. So there's something there. I got it. <laughs> Thank you for the demonstration. You. you made me very nervous. I think I peed a little. <laughs> um, I, I, I remember when I was a kid, right, Catholic school. I mean, we learned that word in the first grade. Like, how does that word in an age of three TV channels. Right. No cable TV, no VCR where you could have the movie. And, you know, I never heard another human being say that word in the presence of my parents until, like, we were at the drive-in one night and, the, and we stayed for the second feature and it was The Longest Yard, which when you're a kid, that movie was awesome. <laughs> but I'm, I got, like, real nervous when, oh, my gosh, this people actually use this word. I, I, it was just it's, – it's just amazing. But that, that – hey, I've said this time and again on the PFTPM podcast, life is rated R. Real life is rated R because no people swear for the most part. 
other than, you know, a very, very few select exceptions who somehow can manage to get through life without it, like Coach Dungy, and I admire him for that, life is rated R. No, agreed, uh, it is, and... I don't know. It, it's it's part of me. It's part of my life. You know this. It's anybody that's ever known me has always been amazed that I can come on a TV show here and not, you know, blurt out my normal language, which is a lot of uh, four letter words. I, I I I and sometimes I yes, there's been a few times I've slipped up and even said it on here. I, I learned the word from my father. My father swore a lot. You know, he did as a growing up. He's gonna be mad. I'm saying this, but. He would swear, so it got me into swearing at an early age. And Mike, like, check this out if you want to talk about 2020 parenting. I have let my kids swear free of anything within the house and the confines of me since they were like four or five years old. Now, I've always told them, if I hear you do it at school or you get in trouble for it, daddy's going to make you cry. But you can swear at <laughs> the house and do things like that. And uh, it's it's worked Not well. The way- <laughs> That, Daddy's gonna make you cry. That's works. parody. They haven't sworn <laughs> yet. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I, you know, I, I know the story, but the last time you told it, our audience was probably even smaller than it is now, frankly. So tell the Regis Philbin story. Oh, the Regis Philbin story was uh, my, my we're, we're there. Philbin, it's, not Philbin. Philbin, 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 right? Philbin. It's yeah. like 1985. Uh, my sister had just been born, all of these things, and I was getting into the F word at that time. My father had said it, you know, whatever, and I started to say it a lot. And like, it was, <laughs> my parents were very nervous, so here we are going to go on TV in the Regis Philbin show, and my dad is, I'm sitting next to him because he wants to be able to grab me at any point where all of a sudden I start to throw the F-bombs. Now, the first thing I did before we went on air, Danny DeVito was on before us, and he was standing there ready to go on. And I looked at my dad. I said, Dad, why is he so small? And Danny DeVito, my dad still look, says he looked at me. I was like, you kid, I'm going to struggle. <laughs> and then, uh, but yes, uh, it was, uh, I, I had a big mouth at an early age. That, that's for sure. Oh, but wouldn't that be great? Why did you deprive us of what would have been an all-time? You would have been famous. It would have been like Tiger Woods on Mike Douglas when he was two. <laughs> right. If you'd have gone on Regis Philbin and started dropping F-bombs. F-bombs. Yeah, I know. What a missed opportunity. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll get that tape for Insulting Danny DeVito and dropping F-bombs yeah, on Regis Philbin. Did it all. All right. Yep. Um, let's move on to slightly football. more important things the national football league and the news surrounding i'm i'm actually that was good i needed that that's that's as cathartic as saying the f word and a nice little laugh till your cry yeah, moment okay yeah. the los angeles rams have made no secret of their ambivalence at best toward franchise quarterback jared goff it's therefore no surprise that it's now being reported that the rams will have an open quarterback competition because of course they will and one of the reasons Jared Goff will be part of the competition. They can't get rid of him. Right. We've been saying that all month. They can't. No. They owe him $43 million guaranteed over the next two years. The cap hit for cutting him would, would be all of that plus another $22 million. Trading him is $22 million. Oh, and no one's trading for Jared Goff. So it's Jared Goff and whoever else they bring in. They've added Duck Hodges recently. And frankly, the way Jared Goff's been playing lately, Jared Goff, Duck Hodges, I don't know. So, Chris – uh. Hey, it's amazing how quickly this is falling apart. Two years. Two years is not two years right, like that. Right. Super Bowl quarterback, Brandon Cooks open in the end zone. Yeah. Was that the moment 
But they still paid him after that, though. That's I know, what is astounding I know. to me. Yeah. They paid him all that money. Yeah, negotiated against themselves. two seasons later, right. they're done with him. Right. I, I, it, it is amazing. Uh, it's amazing, too, I think, just from the standpoint of where they never really wavered the first two years of even anything negative towards Jared Goff. He could have a bad game, and Sean McVay would still sit there with a straight face and tell you it was pretty good, and we're all behind Jared and all those things, right? He never wavered. But something – at the end of this year, finally was like, enough is enough. We got We can't just roll out the red carpet because we've given him a contract and he's our quarterback. We can't just keep letting him have a free pass of, oh, you play average and it's okay and we'll, we'll talk kindly to the media and everybody else about you. Um, they've let it be known. You're right. They have not, like, they, they haven't come out and said it, but they haven't minced words to let you know that they're not happy and that there's an issue there. And now, yeah, we hear a report finally to finally confirm that, hey, it's going to be a competition. What I want to know, Mike, is is this going to be him versus Wolford? Or is it going to be something where they look, you know, to bring in a guy too? Like, I, you know, I don't know. Just, just for instance, a Jacoby Bursett or just some guy or out there who we know is – you know, a starter, borderline backup starter type of guy, right? That might be out there on the market this year. I don't, I'm not saying definitively him. I'm just saying that type of scenario. Will they bring somebody in like that? Or are they just going to let these two go at it? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to say this next thing, knowing full well there's a chance we maybe interview him next week, although it probably won't be me. Uh, I could help broker the deal for Kirk Cousins to L.A. if Sean McVay's interested in a reunion with the former Washington quarterback. And I know that McVay has raved privately about Kirk Cousins. Yes. So I, it's yes. just the cap. You combine the cap charge for Cousins and the money you're going to have to eat, whether he's on the roster or not for Goff, and it just isn't going to happen. And I like to think the Vikings wouldn't do a Cousins for Goff trade straight up. Here's Here's – my explanation for why McVay was so blindly over-the-top supportive and loyal. And a head coach taught me this lesson a few years ago. You've got two types of guys who play quarterback, the natural leaders and the guys who need help. Yeah. The natural leaders, they just take over the team. The guys who aren't, like Goff, and, and a lot of quarterbacks aren't natural leaders, yeah. it's incumbent on the team and the coach to be the one who is the consummate and nonstop, unconditional cheerleader so everyone in the organization knows he's the guy. So what's happened over the course of the last two seasons, either the locker room is starting to question the sanity of Sean McVay or, or Jared Goff isn't working hard enough, that they think Jared Goff isn't doing what he needs to do, that he's behind the scenes, not in his playbook enough, not showing up early enough, not staying late enough, because you can excuse poor performance if there's effort there. But if there's poor performance and you see signs of lack of effort, that's when I think a coach is going to turn on a guy. So I, I suspect something like that has happened and, and they've got no interest in saying that if they hold out hope for trading him, but it could be once he got that second contract, you know, the first contract wasn't true generational life-changing money the second one is and maybe now that he's gotten that maybe he's maybe he's got a little complacent and maybe they're just done with trying to get him to to take it as seriously as they need him to take it. I, I don't doubt any of that I, I don't know you know complacency comfort when the coach never brings anybody in to compete with you you know and you got uh, a coach who's always saying positive things about you 
and and you can do no wrong even when you maybe do do wrong. Uh, I, I mean, I think natural human emotions are, you know, we talk about, you know, it's, you got to have a little fire under your butt. That's part of being a head coach. You know, it's one thing with John Gruden. Hey, I'll, you say what you want. When he brought in other quarterbacks and things like that, yeah, he was pushing me. But then there was the other quarterback, too, that, well, you brought him in. He seems like he kind of likes him. I better get working. I better doing those things. He never let me feel comfortable that way. And I feel like they let Jared Goff feel comfortable and made him feel like you're almost like Patrick Mahomes. Like I, I, That's how I felt like they've treated him almost until just this past year. And then the other thing, Mike, that I think, and you kind of brought it up, to where you got to be careful of giving the guy a free pass all the time. Because, you know, the, in the locker room, right, this kind of goes back to, like, oddly enough, one of Jalen Ramsey's old teammates and the Blake Bortles thing or the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, if you're going to let one guy off the hook all the time and yet the other 52 are going to be accountable to everything they do and every mistake and all of that, but then this one guy gets off the hook, you, you'll lose the locker room where they're just going to be like, what? I don't understand. He never coaches him. He's the reason we lost, and there's nothing negative said. We don't even say anything in the coaches, you know, in the team meeting. Nothing's ever even addressed with it. And I think that's where it's got to be, you know, you got to be a little careful as an organization of that as well. And Blake Bortles would go on to back up Jared Goff for a year before it became John Wolford, the guy that it sure seemed like Sean McVay wanted yeah, to be the starter right. in the divisional round game against the Packers a week after Wolford started. And Goff was a little salty because he's saying, hey, my thumb's fine. I can play. This may be the start of the process of getting him to wake up, bring in competition, Definitely. Definitely. get him to wake up. Right. You know, you're stuck with him. They know they're stuck with him, yep. but they're sending out these messages that are very, very ominous and negative, and they're trying to coach Goff publicly in a way that will coax better performance out of him. And you mentioned Mahomes. He outdueled Mahomes in that game that was supposed to be in Mexico City, that Monday night game for the ages from right. 2018. That was not that long ago in the grand scheme of things, but he had Todd Gurley at the time, and it was just a different vibe. It was a different sense. It was a different offense, and Goff was a different quarterback then. Yeah. Plain and simple. Since he's gotten paid, he's become a different guy. By the way, before we move on, I'd like to make sure that Pete marks the tape for today at 8.06 a.m. Eastern. New Simsism gave him a contract. We have to, we have to take any chance we can to expand Thank the you. Book. The book is getting larger. I've had, I've had requests recently – to write a story at profootballtalk.com listing all of the Simsisms with an explanation of what the word is and hey. what it was supposed to be. And I, hey, I, yeah, you want I traffic don't, on I, the site. I, That's, you I know, I'm, I'm gold. I don't have way. time. <laughs> I don't have time for it. There's too many. <laughs> it's an encyclopedia. Right, uh, <laughs> there aren't nearly too many teams calling the Lions about Matthew Stafford. And it's funny how things get postured and reported. And this came from NFL media yesterday. And, Look, here's here's how the sausage gets made. The, the Lions aren't getting nearly as many calls for Matthew Stafford as they thought they would. So they call Ian Rappaport and they convince him to spin it all in a way that makes it look like they're experiencing an avalanche. A third of the league has reached out. Well, what's a third of the league? It's 10 teams. Only 10 teams are reaching out about Matthew Stafford? Are you kidding me? A 32-year-old quarterback who's got the potential to be a franchise quarterback and only 10 teams when far more than 10 teams should be thinking about upgrading at quarterback? I was stunned by that. I'm not stunned by the effort to try to 
get more teams to call, which is exactly what it was, Chris. But I'm stunned that only ten have called. Well, I I, I don't. Wh- wh- why though? You know, I think if we if you and I sit here because and, you call about everybody, you do your deal. You even all you call just to see, just I, out of curiosity. But there's going to be just, some teams. What's that, it going to take? Well, I know, but but we we've discussed this too, where there's a lot of teams that are very they're set on the quarterback position. They don't. They don't need not not twenty two. They don't. I but I think it's closer than you think. I mean, it, it's it's closer than that than you think. I, I, at this point, I know we have some teams, but we have some other teams that were bad who have young quarterbacks who are the franchise in the future. They're not gonna. They're not gonna call. So I, I get ten teams. I think that's still plenty to drive the market and them to get what they want. But it is going to have to be somewhat the right scenario, and it is early in the offseason still, too. There's a lot of coaches who are like not even in their buildings. It's the regular season's ended. They've taken time off and done that, too. So I think it'll drum up more and more as we get going here. I just think that when when you say that teams have called, that doesn't mean they've called and made offers. They're doing just they're just to have the conversation. You know, we hear all the time that the team that holds the first overall pick in the draft is fielding calls. Yeah, that's what happens. You just you do exploratory conversations. It's an excuse to pick up the phone and call a friend. Hey, so what are we thinking about here? What are you guys really looking for here? When do you think the timetable is going to be? Are you trying to do this before March? 18 what you know so just because calls have been made doesn't mean there are 10 teams that are ready to make offers it's probably a small subset right. of the 10 definitely I, what surprises yeah. me is that only 10 have bothered to pick up the phone here's the list i came up with yesterday of just teams that that should make the call just out of curiosity jets patriots dolphins steelers browns just out of curiosity. Hey, why would you not, if you're Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, at least at least consider, is Matthew Stafford an upgrade over Baker Mayfield? I mean, every team, every team is constantly looking for upgrades at every position. No. So why do you not just make the phone call and have the conversation? Uh, I've got... You disagree? Well, I, I to a degree, I do. You know, like the Browns in that situation, yeah, they, they, they finally got something positive to build on. It's something good. They got their guy. Well, you want to call so then people like us can go, oh, the Browns are calling the Lions. Are they not they happy with names. Baker Mayfield? They didn't name names. No, but I, but I know. But so that's why, you know, some of these teams, you, you can't even make that call because jerks like us will talk about it and we'll go, oh. there's issues here. What's going on? Are they looking to replace them? So they're not going to make the call. Russell Wilson had the call made by the Seahawks to the Browns a few years ago. You found out about it after the fact. Uh, yes, I, rare one. I, but I, yes, if 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 there's people you trust, and again, I don't know the relationship between Andrew Barry and Brad Holmes, the new GM uh, GM of the Detroit Lions, but I mean maybe maybe they, they, there's a, a prior relationship. Right. And there's trust there. Or there's not trust, but that's part of it too. You need to be sure that these calls are going to be discreet. Uh, and you're not going to have a headline the next day yeah. that so and so called, and they're trying to they're trying to supplant their starting quarterback. But I think that it's at least I'm just talking about the phone call, just so you can, so even if you end up as you likely will renewing vows with the guy you have. When a Ma- my point is a Matthew Stafford is available, the guy who was the first pick in the draft, guy who's had a 5,000 yard passing season, a guy who almost had another 5,000 yard passing season, he's available. Darn, just to satisfy your own curiosity. Right. 
what is a guy like that going to go for? You make the call and you have the conversation just in case, just in case. Because what if the Steelers get Matthew Stafford and he ends up being great and Jimmy Haslam says, did we look into that? And you could say, yeah, we made a phone call, but we decided to keep Baker Mayfield. So I'm just saying there's no reason not to make the call. Given that context, I'm surprised that only one out of three teams has made the call because there's no reason not to inquire or just 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 out. Because, again, maybe you tra- you you have to have that mentality of turning over stones if you're ever going to get lucky and trip into a guy that you get for a good deal who ends up making you dramatically better. I'm not saying you're, you're ready to throw Baker Mayfield out the window, but I just think the good GMs are wired to always be looking for any possibility even if they have a 0.001% chance of seriously exploring it. They do. You're right. I mean, that's what the good GMs do. I don't all necessarily agree, though, with the quarterback position like that. That's a slippery slope. You're, you're, you can be playing with fire if you're doing that. You really can. So that's where, you know, I guess I'm, I'm a little different than you where I'm not as shocked. But either way, like you named some teams there that are plenty enough to get into the conversation of, Okay. I mean, hey, yeah, you said it. The Colts, Pittsburgh. All right, Miami, if you want to call, right? I, I, you know, New England Patriots, certainly. You know, th- those are teams that are. I wasn't even, I wasn't even a third away through my list before no. we started talking about the Browns. Well, I'm just talking I mean, the about Jag- these are just why, why, the ones that have true needs right now. There's a, right, could have right. true needs. The Browns, I'm not going to put in that category right now, but there's, so then, all right, we don't know what the Houston issue right now. We don't know. So, yeah, if I'm Houston, you do call. There's no I st- doubt. I call right. because I want I want to know right. what if, – if, if I let Deshaun Watson go, I want to know who my quarterback's going to That's right. Be. There's no issue so, there, and Deshaun can't get right. mad at them there because there's a thing going. So that, 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 to me, I can understand them calling about that. Hey, does Mike Mayock call? I think you're playing with fire there. No, I don't think they will. I don't Mike Mayock will. just said yesterday we're constantly looking I for an upgrade at the position. I know, but he also said that Derek Carr had the best year of his career and he did really good things. And, you know, it was a borderline top 10 quarterback type of year for Derek Carr. I, I, I think you finally have got your team kind of going in the right direction. I don't know if that would be the best move for them right there. I don't. And the, maybe they're just trying to build trade value for Derek Carr. Maybe they are. But, but then, okay, let's just go to the NFC real quick where you talk about it. I mean, New Orleans, maybe they call, right? We don't know what's going on. Why wouldn't you call if you're New Orleans? Right. You know that Drew Brees isn't coming back. Definitely. Matthew Stafford, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, I'm taking Matthew Stafford. Uh, agreed. I'm with you there. Washington, I would certainly think they're calling. Like, hello, we could use a starting quarterback. You could be ours right now. So them, you know, hey, maybe the Rams call, but I don't think that's going to be likely or anything like that, right? You got the you guy Kyle's got a call, doesn't your guy Kyle? I was going to go there. Call? The Bears, the 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 49ers, Carolina. I mean, those are definites right there. Now, and then the other ones you can go, okay, I don't, does Dallas want to call? Do the Giants want to call and maybe upset the Daniel Jones thing and do that? You know, I'm just giving trying to go to the ones where I think it certainly makes sense and I don't think you can get yourself in trouble by actually calling. Well, if I'm Dallas and I do the math between the franchise tag this year and next year for Dak Prescott, it's $90 million. Not that they would tag him at 53 in 2022, but Dak Prescott has even more leverage this year than he had last year. And at some point, you reach the level of exasperation if you're the Cowboys. And if Matthew Stafford, you bring him back to Texas, my God, how compelling of a story could that be? Yeah. If Mike McCarthy, who competed against Matthew Stafford for all those years— 
thinks, man, this guy's the real deal. So what, what got my attention was Bruce Arians back in December when the Buccaneers were getting ready to play the Lions sure. on that, that Saturday game, and he went on and on about Stafford. You find out what the league thinks of a guy when he's available. And I thought that the league thought more of Matthew Stafford than to have only 10 teams make that initial phone call. I think that's, Mike, that's what surprised he's me. He's a talented enough guy, too, where I think people are going to lay in the weeds a little bit. They're going to like – it's one of those where they're going to watch the film and they're going to go, whoa, he makes a lot of damn plays and a lot of damn throws. Holy crapola. I like him. And they're going to just kind of wait to see how this plays out a little bit. You know, I just – I know there were some people like that, you know, last year in some of the quarterback situations too with Brady and Rivers. You know, people were – even the Jameis Winston and, and him being available last year. So I think there could be some teams here who are, you know, maybe just starting – to evaluate, go down that road, and might just be sitting in the background for a little bit just to let things play out before maybe they you know, get their plan in order and, and maybe try to make a call or make a move. But here's the risk. Even though the trade can't happen until March 17 at 4 p.m. Eastern, yeah. the unofficial deal can be can done now. Out. We were at the Super Bowl three years ago. We interview Alex Smith. We interview Kirk Cousins the right. same day. Right. And most of the Smith interview we can't use the next morning because after we had talked to him, he got traded by the Chiefs to Washington. It And that's January. It wasn't done until the league year began in March, but these deals can be struck at any time. Yes, either side can back out at any time before it becomes official. But, uh, I, you know, th this may have been – look, I, I definitely think that the Lions did this to drum up more interest and to get more people to call. And maybe the sign is to anyone out there who's inclined to lay in the weeds, you may be laying in the weeds – and watching this transaction happen before you even make the phone call. Yeah, maybe. I, I just still think at the end of the day here, this will get hot at some point. He's just he's, – he's like you've mentioned. He's got too many good years left. The price makes – it's a bargain for what he is. And I think when people really dive in and start to evaluate him, they're going to go, man, I just didn't realize he makes this many plays and this many throws and does all of this. And I, I think you're going to have some major players when it all shakes out here over the next few weeks. I, I would really be shocked. I, I really would be. He's made a ton of money. He's gotten at least two long-term extensions yeah. after the money that went to a first overall pick before they changed the way they pay rookies and dramatically restricted what guys make. I think he was like getting like a $60 million contract right out of the gate. Yeah, so he has was. done very, very well for himself. He is signed through 2022. And for this year, it's a 19.5, actually $20 million if he satisfies the conditions for the workout bonus, a $20 million compensation package for Matthew Stafford at a time when the top of the market's $45 million. That's a pretty good deal. Now, he may want another new deal on the way through the door. With two years left, I think he's going to want that. I'd See, that's, that's the other side of this, too. You can line up all the teams that want Matthew Stafford. Ultimately, there's going to be a smaller group that he wants. And that's when the action's going to start. Because why would you want Matthew Stafford? Why would you want to trade for him if he doesn't want to come to your city? Yeah, no, agreed. You're exactly right about that. I, I'm, 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 I think this is going to be a good one to watch. You know, this will be a little bit like, I'm not going to say Brady watch last year, but I think it's going to be better than Phillip Rivers watch it was last year, where we're going to have three or four teams. You know, you just look at like, Washington right now and just go why wouldn't you 
Like, why wouldn't you make a real play for the guy right now? You got some good pieces in place. Quarterback by far is the number one glaring issue. You got a guy like Terry McLaurin who can fly. He fits well with the Matthew Stafford, them. I'm going to be really intrigued by New England as we go here too because I would think he fits what maybe they want to do in the, in the future. You know, I don't know where they are with the Cam Newton. I still think there's a possibility Cam Newton ends up back in New England. But, you know, those are two you know, right off the bat. You know who he doesn't fit with? What's that? You know who he doesn't fit with in New England? He doesn't fit with Matt Patricia, who's back in New England. That's he does not fit with Matt valid Patricia. Point. I forgot all about that. You're right. So that that might not be the, the 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 wedding we're looking for there. You're exactly right. So and then who else? Who else is another team? The Colts team? to me are the most the obvious Colts are team. The team. I agree. Because the roof. Yeah. You're in a dome. Right. The roof is closed. Please, Mr. Ursay, keep the roof closed. This guy's played in a dome his entire career. He doesn't want to play in Washington. He doesn't want to play outdoors. He wants to continue to play in a dome. That was one of the things that attracted Kirk Cousins to Minnesota. The team and speaking is ready. Colts, Jim Ursay from yesterday talking about their efforts to find a new quarterback now that Phillip Rivers is retiring. In talking with Chris and Frank and myself, our beliefs is we're close. We have a tremendous nucleus of players that are capable of competing for the Super Bowl very soon. So ideally, if you can get someone to come in this year and several years after who is ready to go, it, it gives you your best opportunity and you don't have as much of a maturation aspect of, of seeing them uh, develop and, and, and get to that level that they need to get so you can uh, get to a Super Bowl and win it. Look, he's made it clear. First of all, I love that chair. Can I, I, I have, I'd like to know where he got the chair. I wouldn't like to know how much he paid for the chair, but that's a hell of a chair. Uh, they, they clearly want a plug and play veteran. Yes. They don't want a rookie. Chris Ballard said something not that long ago that made it clear they're not looking at a rookie. He said, you don't just draft a quarterback. You yeah, got to draft the, the right, right quarterback. One, right. They want a proven commodity because they have a team that's a proven commodity. Exactly. You've got some veterans on that team that, that, are going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You had all these other, these proven quarterbacks out there and we got to break in a rookie and we don't know whether or not he's going to be any good. No, no, thank you. So I think that makes sense. And I think Matthew Stafford makes the most sense for the Indianapolis. I, 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 me too. And especially the way they, I mean, the way Frank Wright calls plays, it's an aggressive down the field passing game. You know, that fits Matthew Stafford. And, you know, to everything you just said, you're right. The team's in place. They're, they're in the window right now. They're, they're there. Like, it's not crazy to think, oh, wait, the 2021 Super Bowl, the Indianapolis Colts got in it. If they get a real good quarterback, I mean, the offensive line's good. The wide receivers are good. The running backs and tight ends are really good. You know, the defensive line's good. Yeah, maybe they could use a legit pass rusher. Linebackers are awesome. Secondary's good. Yes, they could use another real legit cover corner, in my opinion. But... There, we just went through the whole team, and we only mentioned two positions of need, really. So they are there. They're ready for primetime. Ballard has built something. Reich's system's in place. I do think it fits Stafford. And if I'm Stafford, that's definitely one of the teams I got starred that it's on my radar. Jim Irsay also talked about Andrew Luck. He said that Andrew knows we would love to have him back. I don't really know if we'll see that. You know, of all the guys who have retired um, – surprisingly and prematurely, the big-name guys, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. Luck is the one that would be most likely 
to come back after a year or two off. This is now two years that he hasn't played. I don't think he's ever coming back. And I think if he does come back, it would probably be with another team anyway. I don't, I don't, I just don't think he's ever coming back. I no. think when he decided he was done, he's done. And he seems like the kind of guy who isn't going to change his mind. But, you know, he can still change his mind five years from now and get himself back into shape and come back and give it a go. And I'm sure teams would be interested because what would he be, 35? Probably. So what? You got guys playing into their 40s. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, you know, even for guys as awesome as Andrew Luck was, taking that much time off, you know, at that position especially. Uh, it, I, I mean, you know, we haven't seen that. Uh, that would that would be tough. I, I'm with you. I think it's he's checked out physically, mentally. He had had enough of the sport, and I don't think we're going to be hearing from again. And also, like to you said too, like you know, if you're a, the Colts, I mean, that, that ship's gone. It's done. You know, again, I think there's guys in that locker room that probably are going to be like, man, why do I, he quit on us two years ago? I don't want him in here as our quarterback now. That that wouldn't be the best look either for that locker room. So. Uh, I think it's all all done for Andrew Luck. You know, we had heard last year that Tom Brady had expressed some preliminary interest in the Colts. Ursay admitted they looked at Brady, but they preferred Frank Reich's familiarity with Phillip Rivers. I also believe that there was an element of we don't want to put ourselves in another Josh McDaniels type of situation where we think we're getting Brady and our interest in Brady is what wakes the Patriots up to throw a bunch of money at him to keep him from coming to us because of that whole deflate gate thing and just the the bitter rivalry between the two teams. I think the Colts didn't want to touch the hot stove again after getting burned by Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that. You know, I, I don't. Um, I, I, I mean, again, it's Tom Brady. I don't think it's just because just he was with Josh McDaniels. That means he's going to do the same thing or anything like that. I think at the end of the day, it just came down to, Two things, you know, Sirianni and Frank Reich's relationship with Philip Rivers. That pushed him over the top. Sirianni was there in with the San Diego Chargers. Rivers had done really good things there in that 12-4 and four year. Uh, and, of course, now, you know, Frank Reich being the head coach there, I, I think more than anything it was that. But I heard the same rumors, too, at the time that the Colts were, you know, at least doing their homework on Tom Brady. Yep. Well, and – I think the Colts at the time were were maybe hoping for a short-term bridge with the idea of developing a younger quarterback. I think now they're looking for a longer yeah. bridge. They just decided that Phillip Rivers isn't the bridge they wanted to continue to utilize, or he decided to retire, or a little bit of both. All right, let's take a break. When we return, troubling story out of Seattle. It took the Seahawks a little while to get to the right spot, but they finally did. We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Troubling story that developed in recent days involving now former Seahawks tackle Chad Wheeler. He was jailed over the weekend on charges of suspicion of domestic violence. The details are shocking. You can find them online. We've got links to the stories at PFT. The Seahawks, after I think just hoping they could let nature take its course, he was going to be a restricted free agent. You just don't tender him. You let him go. It never comes up again. They eventually had to act. They issued this statement, which I think was appropriate. And uh, it was was a day of a lot of people wondering why the Seahawks weren't saying anything, why the NFL wasn't saying anything. The NFL told me they were reviewing the matter under the personal conduct policy. But the details were so shocking that it cried out for something more immediate. And there were other players, current and former players, that, that were basically saying that this is not acceptable. Demario Davis, everyone that represents the NFL, should speak out against this. And also Benjamin Watson said, let this be a wake-up call. And the NFL had its wake-up call with Ray Rice. I I just, I I think that when we see guys like Ezekiel Elliott get suspended for six games, and I know it took time for it to happen. It didn't happen immediately, but he was never even arrested. When you have an arrest, when you have credible allegations, when you have a guy who's placed on $400,000 bail, that is a more serious matter for the NFL. And again, I think from a PR standpoint, my guess is, Nobody wanted to bring more attention to it and thought it'll just kind of fizzle out. They eventually had to act because it clearly, Chris, was not going to fizzle out, and it shouldn't have fizzled out. No, no, that's not the type of story that is going to fizzle out. You're right. I mean, the, the Seahawks, they, they got to the bottom of it and got it you know, done the right way, but that's scary. I mean, it's a scary incident. We know that. Um, that could have been, you know, it sounds like it was teetering very close to being a very dangerous, bad look for the league in general. And those type of things. And, you know, I, I give guys like Demario Davis, Benjamin Watson, a lot of credit for kind of getting out there and, and yeah, just putting their name to it and going like, not acceptable. We're not going to stand for this. And, uh, of course, we shouldn't. We hear all the time that playing in the NFL is a privilege, not a right. And if that's the case, that privilege needs to be revoked immediately when right. something like this happens. And, you know, the sad reality is if this had happened to a star player, there would be a second chance. For Chad Wheeler, there won't be a second chance because he's not good enough. If he was good enough, someone at some point, somewhere, would talk about how as a society we embrace second chances and he's made amends and you know, you know and, and it's at the expense of someone else's first chance who's never done anything wrong because there's only 53 spots on a roster. But we know how that works in sports. That's not an indictment only of the NFL. I don't know. This all one, though, is at all one. levels. If you're, uh, but if you're good enough... The passage of time, and if you make amends, you check all the right boxes, you're going to get a second chance if you're good enough. If you're not, bye-bye. If you if you are, they'll find a way to do it. I mean, my God, Mike Vick was back in the NFL two months after he got out of prison. I I understand, I, I, I you know, but I don't think in a lot of people's eyes that like is as is, is egregious and crazy sometimes is the thought of this giant man having choked some woman or, you know, allegedly and dealing those things. And, you know, you see some of the other horror stories that were out there around it and things like that. 
you know, this one is one where oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could say that, oh, if he was a lot better, he'd get a free pass with this one. I, I don't know. When you, when you start talking about some of the things we hear allegedly and things like that, I think teams would be a little scared, certainly, like, like the Ray Rice situation. Let me just say this before we take our break, and I'm not going to name names here, but there's a guy who's getting ready to play in the Super Bowl who was involved in a very egregious set of facts and pleaded guilty to certain crimes years ago. And if he wasn't as fast as he is, he never would have been in the NFL. So your talent secures you a second chance when the facts that you were involved in otherwise would disqualify you permanently. If you are good enough, you will get your second chance and and sometimes make the most of it and uh, end up in the Super Bowl as one of the best players on one of the two teams. All right, let's take a break. When we return, in honor of whatever the hell is happening with GameStop, whatever that is, because I don't think anybody, we're all fascinated by it. I don't think, I've, I've, they've tried to explain it to me during breaks. I'm too dumb to figure it out. But we are going to do a draft of the biggest stock rises in 2020 as it relates to NFL players. We'll do that. Who is the GameStop of the NFL? We'll do that when... BFD Live continues right after this. You mentioned from time to time being on your P's and Q's. Do you know the origin of that phrase that you use so often? Ooh, no, but you know, as I was saying it today, I said I was saying to myself, you know, I use this a lot. I need to come up with another one. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. I don't know what happened. I don't <laughs> it's know all what right. I'm choking on. The dog pooped on the rug. I know I can't give you the finger. No, I know. Italian gestures. I'm like, can I do that? Is that permissible Listen, right now? Listen, their butthole's tight, and they're not. They don't want to make a big mistake. Sorry. <laughs> I think I peed a little. <laughs> we bumped. That we want it back. Give it to us right there. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a cyclical, cyclical league, right? Cyclical. It is at times. Okay, whatever. But either way, you got it. You I got, got it. it. I mean, holy crapola, Batman. Holy cow, Batman. This just in. I'm a historian. Good. If well you haven't done. heard, I'm a historian. Um, historian. Okay. People like Adam Gase going like this. <laughs> There's not much you can do to make a Volkswagen Beetle look good, but silver was a hell of a lot better than yellow. But it was like one of those slow motion voices like that, and it was hard to understand. You know, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, my boy blue. I think they have a song for him now. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's my boy blue. Ah, yeah, wee -haw. That's just from the last few weeks. Month has flown by. Good stuff, oh, control room. Very good stuff. Making us look better and more entertaining than we actually are i guess if you talk long enough eventually you'll say something that looks good when you clip it all together hey, if they want Let's, more uh, entertainment just start letting me talk freely I, I can deliver it you know we're on digital now right why can't we swear like you said life's rated r i could i could spruce it up spice it up a little bit created a monster <laughs> all right biggest stock rises in 2020 inspired by whatever the hell this GameStop thing is and i have decided to carve out time of my otherwise very busy day of copying, pasting, and snarky commenting right. to understand exactly what the hell's going on with GameStop because <laughs> know uh, it's all everybody's talking about. I know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what damn. the hell it is. I know. And you don't like really the last guy to get a CB either. radio. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. Trivia question for you before we do this GameStop draft. Tom Brady is already the Buccaneers' all-time leader in playoff touchdown passes with seven. He will likely pass Brad Johnson for the most franchise playoff passing yards in the Super Bowl. He trails only by 12 yards. I would say he'll He should do that. that. Barring something entirely unforeseen, he'll break right. that record. Which quarterback holds the Buccaneers' record 
for the best completion percentage in the playoffs? You're smirking, and I don't. I don't know the answer. Okay, I don't know the okay, answer. Okay, well, I know it's not. I me do now with my one. Um, Man, it's not a lot of quarterbacks, of course, that have done this, uh, you know, as far as playoffs and the Bucks, I'm going to go with Sean King. I'm going to say he had some crazy game. Darn it. It's you. Is it me? You big idiot. Well, it's you know, you. I was going to say it was me with the way you like had that little smirk on your face, but I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't know. It just tells you I don't pay attention to that kind of crap. I threw two interceptions in that game and I... I graded out as one of my better games of my whole career, but uh, not a historian. Not, not a, a historian. Not, to not for me. Who the hell cares about Chris Sims' history? <laughs> and it's perfect because your dad's got the highest completion percentage in Super Bowl history. Right. That's why I smirked. It's the perfect <laughs> stat for you. It's yes. perfect. That's the only parallel so. you can draw from me and my dad's career, right there. <laughs> That's right. All right. Yeah, I get the first pick. Uh, I'm going to go James Robinson. Who else undrafted from one of the directional Illinois, I think it's Eastern, I'm not sure, goes in to Jacksonville, yep. is the week one starter, right. and is phenomenal, and once again turns on the head the idea that you need to use a first-round pick on a running back. No, you don't. No, you don't. Or second, or third, or fourth, or fifth, or sixth, or seventh. You can find a guy, if your scouts are good enough, right. who isn't even drafted, who can come in and take over the position. No, that, that's uh, it's a good one. I wrote that name down, too, certainly. I mean, came out of nowhere to where, and then the first week, we were like, whoa, this guy looks pretty good, and we continue to say that throughout the year. So that was amazing. All right. Nobody's stock rose more than giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, Josh Allen. Giddy up, giddy up, it's my boy, Blue. I mean, nobody. I mean, look at the transformation this year. It went from everybody hating on him and he still can't completion percentage and I'm not sure and he's raw to the end of the year. Everybody had their lips puckered up and were kissing his butt and everything had changed around. And they were going, whoa, he is one of the best quarterbacks in football. That, that to me, was the biggest stock riser of the year, where he was questioned a lot to where we got here in the last month where it was over, and you started watching shows like you and me to where nobody could deny it anymore. There was nothing you could say. He's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in football. So uh, I'm going to go with Josh Allen there. Yeah, I think you're selling short the 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 starting point. For sure. There were some people who were still sure. – who were still – but but I you know he he did take a jump he did not as big of a jump as Justin Herbert because we didn't know anything about Justin Herbert that's my next pick yeah good we one. didn't know what he was going to be we didn't know what he was going to do and he's already vaulted into your top five right he's is he in your top, top five or your top, top 10? ten yeah top ten yeah still pretty good yeah for a guy that we didn't know anything about and he got picked after Tua and after Joe Burrow and this guy was the best of all of them he'll be the well I mean Joe. Burrow would have been the best if he hadn't been injured, but Herbert's going to be the NFL's offensive rookie of the yeah, year. Yeah, right. It's close. I mean, he, hey, you, you, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. It doesn't matter. You give me either one. I'm not so sure. I wouldn't take Justin Herbert after the year I saw. You know, we talked about it last year. You know, it just Herbert in the evaluation of the draft last year. I know I said it many times. His ceiling was greater than Burrow's, and we saw that this year. And you're right. Stock went through the roof. Oh, I don't know if he can live outside the bubble of Oregon and. I don't know if he has the personality to be a quarterback. Zoom, 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 laser beams everywhere. How about that personality? Um, okay. I think I'm going to go with DK Metcalf as my next one. 
went into the year like I understand that people knew he was a freak and good and had that great wild card game last year against the Philadelphia Eagles to end that 2019 season where Carson Wentz got hurt and all that. But I feel like this year, with all the highlight plays, the way he started out the year, the running down um, of, of uh, the safety in, in Arizona, who I'm Buda Baker, and that play and the whole, you know, the memes and the social media attention to all of that. I feel like he went to, hey, this guy's a freak and looks really good, to, whoa, is he maybe the best receiver in football? I think he made that type of jump this year, and I'll, I'll say I would have certainly wish I would have been on buying stock for, for DK Metcalf. Right, but I think the time to sell would have been mid-November because I it think went down after a little that, bit. Yeah. once they caught up to the offense, Definitely. it went down a little bit. And I, I've gravitated toward rookies. You've gotten – Early I know. career guys so far. Yeah. I'm going to go with a guy who's deeper into his career that made a change via trade, got a contract, and and became a force of nature, whereas he wasn't, even though he was really good with the 49ers, we didn't think of DeForest Buckner as a force of nature until he went to Indianapolis yeah. and kind of took over that defense. And and when he's not in the game, they got no chance. I mean, that was kind of the attitude. Hey, they got to have DeForest Buckner if they want to have a chance in this game. He comes back and everything's different. So to me, I, I think it was because when they make the trade, you're like, man, that's a lot to give up. And they're giving him this huge contract on the way through the door. Okay, let's see. And he ends up, you know, really emerging as one of the top interior defensive linemen in football. Yeah. Maybe second only to Aaron Donald. That's right. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the top defensive players in the league. You're right. It's a great pick. Yeah, so, you know, there's nothing wrong with, yeah, he was on the radar. We knew he was good. This year kind of confirmed him being great. And we went, whoa, no. We saw him, what, in like two games where he didn't play. They were not the same defense. So uh, I'm with you. I got no problem with that. I think that I, I'm going to go, man, I got so, there's a lot of good ones out there. I'm going to just throw out, I mean, Hassan Reddick is one I think about. I mean, talk about improving your stock. Guy had more sacks in one game than he did in his whole career, basically, at one point this year. I'm going to go to your team, though. Justin Jefferson, you know, another one of my favorites in the draft. But, man, did he show what he was worth this year and everything he can do. I mean, he's still – it's still going upwards. He can do it all. There's nothing Justin Jefferson can't do on the football field. Phenomenal rookie receiver and looks like he's going to be around for a long time. I agree with you. He was on my list as well. And just jamming a couple other names here. I had J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens. Yeah, good who one. Was great as a rookie. And Antoine Winfield Jr. Sure. of the Buccaneers, who really flashed in that playoff game, but he got better and better all year long. Who else did you have that well, didn't make uh, it? Jonathan Taylor is another rookie I threw on there. I mean, you're top three in rushing in the NFL. You know, that that was big time stock job. I think like guys like, you know, AJ Brown, where we went like, whoa, this guy was a good rookie to now Oh, is he a top five receiver in football? I think he's there. And even a Terry McLaurin with the, the Washington football team. Yeah, they weren't sexy offensively, but I think he's put himself in that you know top receiver conversation too. All right, we'll take a break. And we've got some news about next week's shows. Even though we are not going to Tampa because of the pandemic, it will look a lot like our normal Super Bowl week shows because people are still available to be interviewed and we're signing up as many as we can. We'll let you know who some of them will be who will be appearing with us next week when PFC Live continues right after this. Super Bowl MVP getting the tattoo. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, he was if there weren't enough reasons to get to. Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. I got, I got, I got the cake here. There. It's there. there. You are quiet. Talk, Mike. Holy crap. That's two tennis balls in there. What the? <laughs> Why do you think it is the folks in Jacksonville have taken to you the way they have? 
Um, I think I got like just the right amount of like white trashiness. Those big ass hands of his, you know, you, he nice. always he, he's always he does it to me, and I'm like, hey, I'm getting old. Get your damn hands off me. Damn, there's Lawrence Taylor walking by oh, right yeah, now. Hey, what's up? Hold on, I gotta say, long time. You talking to the McCordy twins? No doubt. Hey, we're I doing a live interview here. Okay, can you can you please leave us alone? All right, you two Jersey misfits. <laughs> Could not tell them apart. That's just a small taste of what we did last year in Miami. This year, we're not going anywhere. They're coming to us through Zoom. Kyler Murray, George Kittle, Devontae Smith, Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Chase Young, Emmett Smith, Joe Montana, and more. I, I knew I knew that even though we weren't going, Chris, it was going to be a busy week next week. No, oh, I I love it. It's the one thing I'm you know I miss about being at the Super Bowl is seeing all the legends and doing the interviews. But at least we get a little taste of it. I mean, come on, talking it's to Joe Montana and Emmett Smith, I'll, I'll sign me up. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we hope you stay with us all week next week for PFT Live. Chris Sims unbuttoned and PFT PM. Patrick Mahomes on the Dan Patrick Show next on Peacock. See you tomorrow. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.